0: Level up your LA Kings experience with the new Vivid Seats Elite Seats. All the on-ice Kings action with even more exclusive access. Enjoy great seats to the game along with premier dining inside the Lexus Club with all-you-can-eat food and non-alcoholic beverages. Plus, get a free Team LA Kings item and parking with your purchase. Score your Vivid Seats Elite Seats tickets today and earn rewards on each purchase from the only ticket company that rewards you for buying. Experience it live with Vivid Seats, the official partner of the LA Kings. You're
1: listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit lakings.com slash podcast. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. Now,
0: here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Got a behind-the-scenes look today at a job that likely all of you are aware of, but probably most of you didn't know exists. I'm talking about the broadcast statistician, and today Blake Ware joins me to explain what that is, what he does, how he does it, and how he got there. And of course, I have to remind you that you can listen to replays of King's Talk, the LA Kings post game radio show hosted by yours truly on the LA Kings Insider Audio podcast feed, and keep up with the Ontario Rain on the Rain Check podcast feed, the official podcast of the Ontario Rain. All that and more at lakings.com slash podcast. Joining me now, Blake Ware, and Blake, I'm just going to read your bio from Twitter, because there's no chance I'm going to remember all of the things on it, but Blake is a researcher for NHL Media and NFL Network, and a broadcast statistician for ESPN, Fox, TNT, NBC, Sports, USA, Radio, and I'm assuming Bally.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. Bally. Bally on there as well. (laughs) Yeah. So, hmm. excuse me. What does that mean? So I'll start with the, the broadcast statistician since, uh, I think that's what most people, uh, know my role as. So, uh, you sit, you sit with the talent, you sit with the broadcasters, mainly play by play is who you're, you're partnered up with. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but you also help out color, which would be Jim, uh, on King's broadcast and, and you enhance, you enhance the game for them. They are so focused on the storylines coming into the game, calling the game and just what, what notes they already have. Um, so my job is to basically enhance either what's going on in the game, provide extra context for maybe what a player's doing in the game, uh, and just keeping an eye out for just stuff maybe they miss. Um, I always use like the best example of something like that is if a player goes down the tunnel with an injury that maybe been behind the play, which they didn't see, or they pull their goalie with 230 left when you're just not expecting them to pull their goalie so those are little things that like i have to keep an eye on um that just helps them uh not miss anything just makes them look good like if they miss a player going down the tunnel and they don't realize it then it just kind of helps them out um and then in the course of a game i'm helping them out with i don't know. let's say kopitar gets two goals to assist okay when has he ever done that in his career if he has when was the last time? How many times? Um, where does a ranking king's history? Um, just little things like that. Uh, uh, so yeah, so that's that's mainly my role, uh, uh, doing broadcast stats.
0: I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the second one because every now and then during the game, Jim or Nick or Daryl will say, "Oh, you know, this is the first time since 2016 you know, that Matt Roy, that a defenseman, has scored two goals." in three games, you know, from the on the 16th game or whatever, and I'm just like, there's no way that's in the notes because you couldn't possibly know that that was going to happen. Um, what service are you using
1: to pull that information from? Uh, so luckily with my roles with Bally's and TNT, there's a, a site called uh, Sport Radar, um, and they have just a massive database with every stat, every game log, pretty much you could think of for hockey. Um And then they have all these filters that you can click on and uh do greater than or equal to or less than and start filtering and figuring out all this fun stuff. And like my favorite part of it is that's how my brain works is I'll see something I'll be like, oh, whoa, that's that's interesting. Let's see if anyone's done it before. And if they haven't, then I'm like, sweet. It's, it's a note I give give to Nick. And if someone did it four games ago, it's like, yeah, that is great. So definitely a a hit or miss on on some of them
0: in order for that to be useful when people are inputting game data they have to be meticulous right because otherwise it's not gonna it's not gonna pop up on the filters. so who's entering in that data is that you at the end of the night or is there a service that does it
1: oh no it's definitely the service and i'm assuming they're probably there's probably a way easier technical term for it but they're probably just pulling from the nhl stats and uh and just moving everything over so they don't don't mess anything up
0: now i have to ask were you listening to king's talk last night
1: i was not unfortunately okay. i uh because i had to turn off the game after uh
0: no that's fine but i i mentioned something on king's talk and then very shortly after that you tweeted something and tagged me in it that was totally relevant to what i was talking about and i was <laughs> grateful for it and i was like oh you oh, must be listening Um, But I guess we all just wanted to know it was King's regulation and OT shutout shootout losses when leading by two plus goals in the last four seasons, um, which is not a a encouraging statistic. Um, I had a back and forth with somebody recently and they were pointing out. I don't remember the stat. I think it was goals above expected. And I said, yeah, but isn't, you know, shooting percentage a better representation of that? And then I had, shooting percentage broken down by days in the calendar and they they privately messaged me and said how did you have that so quickly and i said <laughs> i looked it up 2 weeks ago <laughs> like i'd already been thinking about it is that the sort of thing that you're always trying to at least be obviously you're reacting to certain things that happening in game but are you also trying to anticipate certain things heading into a game
1: definitely so for kings games um, i mean i'm lucky i do pretty much every home game so i And I follow them when they go on the road. So I know pretty much the storylines going into a game. So for example, last night against Tampa, they go up two nothing. And I'm like, Okay, we've seen this story before.
0: Right.
1: Start start great, get a lead, and just for some reason just can't hold it. So once that happened, I was already starting to look into uh just how many times have they not garnered all the points when up by two goals in the last couple seasons. Um I was actually able to just for the tweet, I was able to get back to the last four seasons. It's actually oh. their most losses since the fourteen, fifteen season. Oh. And if they get one more, one more, it's I think 2002-2003, But hopefully we don't have to get there. Uh but yeah, it's just it's it's knowing knowing what storylines are coming into a game. And then as I said, my job is okay, when it happens in the game, being ready for it. Uh so like especially when I do national for ESPN and TNT, it's a lot of research before the game being like, okay, like the the Kings are the perfect example. That's a national game. I don't think someone would know how much they've struggled when leading by two goals.
0: So let's talk about Blake. Um, Where did you grow up and how did you get into this? It's such a specific role that I think a lot of people maybe don't even know exists. Um, It seems unlikely that you were targeting it as something that you wanted to do. So how does that
1: path uh, evolve? Oh, I love this story. Cause you're exactly right. I had no idea this position existed. Um, so I grew up uh, you're Belinda, California, close to Anaheim. Uh, grew up actually uh, a huge Rob Blake fan. Just the name Blake, Blake, sure, wore number four, <laughs> still number four to this day. If I have to choose a number, it's number four. Uh, and so just, I was a huge sports fan, played hockey when I was four, uh, played in all the way youth up to high school, uh, and just knew I wanted to do something in sports. I didn't know if it was hockey or just, I just knew sports in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to Concordia, uh, University Nervine. took a journalism class and I had to write about the World Cup of Hockey, which was, I want to say the 2016 World Cup of Hockey, uh, and my, uh, uh, the journalism. I don't want to call her professor, but uh, I'll call her professor. I uh, sure. said one one of the things I want is a quote either from the Kings or Ducks. And I said, okay, well the Ducks are easier; they're right up the street. I'll I'll email them. Uh, so emailed them, got in touch with I think one of their scouts or I can't remember his official title, but uh, uh, interviewed him. Went great, and then after we talked about just what I wanted to do, I told him just something in sports. I don't care what; like um, I would be happy with anything. Uh, the producer for the Ducks comes to him about an hour later, (laughs) says, Hey, we need someone to fill in for this statistician role for three games during our season. Do you, would you know anyone? And he just goes, yeah, actually I do. I just got off the phone with, uh, Blake. I think he'd be perfect. It's something, uh, he, he just wants, he would want to do. And yeah, 21 years old, first game with the Ducks and basically it's just taken off from there.
0: And how long did you work with the Ducks?
1: So I was with, I did the, so I still do the Ducks. I do about half their games. Uh, Gross. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, you're uh, from Orange County. I guess I'll let it go.
1: Yeah. Uh, so God, I think I was doing only their games. and It was only like three, four games for the first, I think, three seasons. And then Alex Faust I filled in for his statistician one game. It was actually during COVID, the first season of COVID. Uh, filled in for him, I guess impressed him because then after the game, he said, I will, yeah, he's like, I want you with me. So ever since then, I'll do basically whatever Alex does, I'll do with him, uh, which is why I do TNT stuff as well. So if you ever see Alex on the game, I'm with him there. And it turned into doing all the Kings home games for, for it
0: and there must be a rapport that builds then you know what kind of thing the announcer that you're working with is interested in or not interested in
1: exactly and that's the biggest thing is some of these announcers will go on the road and there's a road stats person and i've heard they just don't know if they can trust them like are they actually giving me the correct numbers are they like is what they're giving me factual whereas with me being their everyday home guy. Yes, they can trust me. They know I I've, I've got their back. I can they can ask me to look up something. They know I'll be able to get it for them. They can they can basically like almost I'm going to say put their career, but like they they know they can trust me with with what I'm uh helping them with. And, and that's huge. It's it like it takes that weight off their shoulders.
0: Yeah, you're almost like a human um teleprompter um you know you could you could have them say uh something like uh, what Ron Burgundy says to San Diego if you wanted to <laughs> yeah um, so how do you wind up working with the NFL because that's a, I imagine it's I imagine any job that anybody has it's even harder to get into that job in the NFL just from competition
1: oh yeah so uh I was lucky enough to work the twenty. 20- 2020, but 2021 Tokyo Olympics for NBC, uh, doing the same role as I do, uh, stats. I was doing basketball, uh, for them, uh, ran into someone there that worked for the NFL. We talked, um, you know, said, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you in mind. If, if a position opens up, position opened up here in LA, he called me. I was actually, I was a freshman math teacher, uh, before joining the NFL. So, uh, uh, it was it was a big transition, but uh once once he gave me the call, I was like, Yeah, that's for sure. I'll I'll take it. And uh yeah, this is my my third season with them uh now.
0: I'm always sort of surprised at I shouldn't be because I at this point in my life I know it's true, but how many times somebody's origin story involves well, it just showed up. Or I just called somebody, you know, like Dieter rules the one that I always point back to. He wrote a letter when he was like 11 or something. Um, and you know, every I think a lot of people always assume, well, not me. Why, you know, couldn't be me? And then it absolutely could, as it turns out. Um, as as you've shown here now, you know, both of those uh, both of those gigs just sort of came from from having the initiative to uh, to reach out to somebody. It sounds like.
1: Yeah, and I think that's one of the coolest things I've so my very first freshman class that I taught, they're they're in college now and they'll reach out to me just to ask me for either a class project or just for advice. And that's one of the things I always tell them is you never know who's watching. You never know who's going to take notes or just take mental notes of the work you're doing. Like I always Go back to the example of my first game with, with Faust. Faust tells me, he told me this years later, uh, he really didn't want me to fill in for his statistician because he didn't know anything about me. He didn't know if if I was trustworthy, if I would actually do a good job, if I would just be there collecting a paycheck. Um, but in my mind, I knew it was an opportunity to, I mean, I didn't know it would turn into what it, it has, but I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to give... Everything I've got, I'm going to put up my best foot forward. And I did. And we see what it's, what it's turned into. And I've always told people you, you just never know. It, it could be just someone you're working your, I don't know, fast food job with and they get promoted to manager and they saw how hard you're working. They bring you with you. It, it's in any, any industry. It's, it, it's your work ethic. You never know when hard work is going to pay off. So always give that, that a hundred percent
0: i like that let's talk about stats real quick because i got into this conversation uh, at the office last week i think and we were talking about um i don't even remember what it was but it was something that had been included in the stat packet that gets emailed out to everybody after a game and i sort of rolled my eyes and said there's like three degrees of separation on that i'm out i'm out and they were like what do you mean it was like you know a defenseman that scores on a Tuesday on the road, I was like every degree of separation you have to get from the actual accomplishment lessens my interest in the accomplishment um Where do you come down on that
1: uh, i that that's i agree actually one hundred percent like being being with the n f l like we've released an 100, hundred 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 and twenty page packet every week on every game. And it comes down to those kinds of steps with us. Like, okay, are we diving in too deep? Like, is September 28th of every fourth year a notable note, or is it just useless? And in the NHL, I think that is is kind of the same way. Like, like I always think of it as like, if I'm the reader of this note, am I? And kind of, it's kind of like what, how you reacted to your note. Am I actually going to be impressed by the note? Right. Like, is it going to make me go, oh, like, that's interesting? Or is it, I'm like, eh, I'll just, I'll move on. So, yeah, there's definitely that that separation of, I call them good notes and trash and <laughs> notes.
0: Now, I have to say, sometimes, uh, whether it's the pregame show or the postgame show, I am scrambling to fill clock. And you go, oh, that's great. Drew Dowdy and Andrzej Kopacz are connected on the same goal for the 295th time in their career and they're the third leading group in history to do that like okay i'll I'll burn 15 to 30 seconds by talking about that but then sometimes it's uh trevor moore skated in his 300th career nhl game tonight becoming the third undrafted california born player in nhl history to skate in 300 games behind chad ruedal and kevin miller uh With his assist, Moore became just the third skater in franchise history to record a multi assist effort in their three hundredth career game. <laughs> just like, all right, we're now like eight degrees away from uh from a you know now we're just sort of now we're stretching, but i mean I get it and and listen, I want to be perfectly clear. Justin Cummings, uh who I believe is still responsible for compiling these does unbelievable work and uh and is a tremendous asset to the organization. But some of these are just some of these are are a bit much for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like the Trevor Moore, third undrafted skater from California. Like I always like I'll probably have that in the back of my head with those two names, and when he keeps playing and keeps playing, it's like okay, when when does he get to number one? Like that would be the right the, the the hit on the head note for that one. But like I always think like if you ever see me give a note to to Alex or Nick or Jim usually on a note that includes other players, how notable are the other players? Like, if I'm giving a note with Luke Robitaille and Wayne Gretzky for King's History, yeah, that's a great note. Like, that's going to stand out in right. the crowd. So
0: You're not impressed like, by I, Chad I, Ruedel I, and Kevin Miller? <laughs> no disrespect to Chad <laughs> I just like Chad Ruedel's name. Um, but yeah, skated in his 300th career initial game becoming the third undrafted California-born player In NHL history, just get yeah. That's five. That's uh, not for me. Not (laughs) for me. So, so you were a Blake fan because obviously your name was Blake. Were you never into the Ducks because, based on your age, I feel like they would have been peaking right at the right age for you.
1: Yeah. So, so got to admit, definitely was a Ducks fan. Kind of growing up in the area. You had the '07 Stanley Cup team. Just being being a kid. Like, how can you not being so close? Uh, but I mean, I don't, I don't want to say I was ever like lost my love for Blake and the Kings, but like, I guess being a kid, it's just how, how can you not get swept up going to school and doing all that? But, uh, yeah, the, the 2007, about 2010 ducks. Yeah. Those, those are like the peak, peak years for, I guess, like my kid hockey fandom and then kind of turned over back to the
0: so here's the real question i can see yeah. your credential collection behind you <laughs> hanging on the bookshelf uh how many ducks jerseys do you own how many kings jerseys do you own
1: oh uh i think i own one of both all right to think off the top of my head and i don't think my ducks jersey is an actual ducks jersey it's from when i played for the junior ducks
0: uh, well, that doesn't count. That's your jersey.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's a Kings Rob Blake jersey, and yeah, and uh, jersey, which, but, which yeah.
0: era of of Rob Blake jersey?
1: Ooh, I think it's the uh, it's the old it's the old crown logo. The purple, purple, black, and silver. All right. I'm trying to think if it's around me. It's not. It's in my closet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're you said you were a math teacher, um. And you do statistical research, would you consider yourself, I don't even know how to define this, but would you consider yourself a math guy?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Like numbers, I'm lucky. Numbers come easy to me, and that's what you have to have in this job. Uh I've broken a lot of people's hearts and spirits when I tell them, like, <laughs> hey, you've got to look at this data set, and in, in 10 seconds, you've got to be able to tell me what stands out from it. Uh yeah, just running numbers in your head, quick math. Uh I mean I'm I'm lucky. I know that doesn't doesn't come easy to a lot of people, but yeah, I'm def definitely a math guy.
0: I've found uh the longer I work in this industry that it's easy to look at numbers and to just pluck some out because you see other people pluck them out. You know, I think that's what we're seeing a lot right now with coursey or expected goals. It becomes a common Phrase that you hear, and so if you're doing analysis of a game or a season and you want to sound like you know what you're talking about, um, I certainly am guilty of this. You go, oh, well, expected goals was good or bad, or of course he was good or bad. And there's a lot more nuance um, to these numbers, and some of them are designed to be taken over long stretches. But there's also a skill at being able to look at huge data sets and pulling a story out of it. That maybe isn't obvious. So, how do you? When did you realize that that? Well, let me reset. Is that something that you think you have a skill for? And when did you start realizing that that was an approach to the job?
1: Hmm. So, answer your first question. Yeah, it's definitely a skill I have. It's it's what, in my opinion, makes me stand out above everyone else. Most most everyone else in this industry now.
0: (laughs) That's uh, you can say <laughs> you can have confidence that's fine <laughs>
1: uh yeah and i mean it's uh so like the, i'm trying to go back like when i was taught this years ago the job was basically okay you're giving steps you're giving data you're giving research notes on wasn't even research notes. It was just stats and data on what's happening in the game as it's happening in the game. Okay, the team had the last eight shots in the game. Awesome. Okay. Well, what's happening after that is that they're most in a period is that the largest shot differential in a period for them this season. So that's where I've kind of enhanced the position now is I'm now asking those questions on top of the simple stats that you would usually hear on a broadcast uh and and that's, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's where I believe I bring my value to to this kind of new position.
0: When we've got a simulcast like we do, and we've got three broadcasters, we've got Jim and Nick in the booth and Daryl, wherever Daryl's posted up in the arena. Are you able to connect to Daryl or even Carlin or Stoll in the booth or wherever they are and share that info? Or are you just able to lean over and whisper it in Jim or Nick's ear or write them a little post-it? <laughs>
1: So Jim and Nick are definitely the easiest. I've got, I've got my little notes. I've got a whiteboard. Uh, so they're able to just, it's easy. Uh, everyone else, they have my number. If, if there's something that comes up curious to them, they're, they're able to text me. Like I know Carlin, uh, last season, we would, we would chat over some road stuff. Uh, I would send, like, we've got a group text everyone. Uh, so it, it, it depends on the game. Uh, if, if, nothing is needed by them, then I'm mainly helping out Nick and, and Jim and Daryl if he, if he needs anything.
0: So if you're watching a road game and let's say the Kings take 11 shots in a row and you go, oh, I wonder how often that happens. You look it up and you discover, oh, my gosh, it hasn't happened since 2012. Will you text that group chat and try and get that on the road broadcast?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, if I'm if I'm watching a game and something comes up interesting, oh yeah. It's like I've almost been I guess is maybe the right word, but I cannot watch a game without my <laughs> questions and my brain just sure. running. Like uh I do the same like I do I'll do Clippers games as well. Uh and if I'm watching a Clippers game, I'll send those guys notes as well. Same thing with the Kings. even the same thing with the ducks. I was uh I was in DC with with Faust for Capitals Devils this, this past last week uh for TNT. Get back to my hotel room and I saw the ducks uh when <laughs> uh uh Dostol had his fifty five save whatever game and I sat there, I'm like, okay, I can't just sit here and and not do anything. I've got to text them most saves by a rookie in ducks history, then it became most saves by a duck in history, then I'm like, Okay, well, where does this rank? for just goalie saves by a rookie and it was seventh all time or yeah, seventh all time. So yeah, definitely if I'm seeing something when either I'm not there or they're on the road, I'm, it's just how my brain works. I've, I've got to send them any notes or anything fun and on, on I come up with.
0: Now it may have been seventh for a rookie, but where does it rank among, amongst amongst uh, rookies uh, born in Czechia drafted by the Ducks? <laughs> Uh, who are over six feet tall? Because that's what we're really. <laughs> so, w- what are the challenges? Like w- I, the simple version of this question, I want to ask is what sport is easiest to do? But I'm sure each sport has its own challenges.
1: It's funny, I get asked that question all the time because sure. I do. <laughs> I, I not only do talent stats for or broadcast stats for the for hockey. I do basketball, football, baseball. I do everything. Every sport you can think of. I, I do. And I always say hockey to other people is the hardest. The game is so fast. You can have a note in one second and then just all of a sudden it's useless. Like I always use the example of the, the Kings Kraken game last season, the nine, yep. eight, unbelievable game. I said, that's one of the hardest games I've ever had to work because sweet. I'm looking up most goals in the first 30 minutes of a right. game. Oh, I finished writing it down. Oh, there's another goal. Okay. Let's look up last time were right. This many goals now. Like it just, it just never ended. And so for other people, hockey is definitely the hardest sport. Just because the other reason they just don't know what they're looking at as well. Like if you look at the face off, uh, logs, they don't realize exactly what would stand out between offensive and defensive, uh, face offs. Like if you're you're eight for ten in the D zone, that's awesome. Like which player is, is getting us that eight for ten? And that's a note I'll give. Whereas someone who just doesn't know the game of hockey or just maybe is just newer. It's just not something they're looking at. It's it's the more basic, like, okay, they're they've won sixty percent of their face offs. Awesome.
0: Now you've stepped on a landmine conversationally <laughs> of face Because it just had Ed Egros in here last week. And I'm starting to slowly come around to the idea that face offs don't matter. But where do you come down on that?
1: Uh, I think face offs matter in context. Mm -hmm. If it's a power play, are you winning that power play face off? Sweet. You're not wasting 20 seconds off the clock because the killing team wins it. They're clearing it down. That's a waste of time for your usually power play one unit. I also, I mean, it also depends just how how good defensively you are. Like if you're losing D zone face offs and you're a horrible defensive team, I think yeah that matters. You're you're gonna get hemmed in your zone then, and you can't have that. Uh, so I definitely think there's context to it.
0: Is there a, backing out of the stat conversation back to the positional? Is there like a fraternity of of status? Uh, statisticians i don't know what the actual title is but broadcast statisticians like is there a facebook group where you guys uh you know swap tips or uh or uh or alert people to job openings and opportunities
1: it's interesting i, de- I definitely think there's a fraternity which has kind of been cool i mean i'm still young this is only my my sixth year doing it and uh i've lo- been luckily to run in and uh, work side by side in some instances with some of the best in the industry. Uh, and they always, they can't believe where I am so young, which is always really, really cool. Uh, but yeah, there is that thing where, we're we'll help each other. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll share stuff. I don't, I don't know if there's a Facebook group. I'm not the biggest <laughs> Facebook person, but, uh, no <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there definitely is like whenever we run into each other, like I was just at the winter classic with, with Alex, uh, he was doing NHL network, uh, and for TNT, the guy who works with, with Kenny Albert's done it for years and years and it's always just a great talk uh with him. And like I'm someone that learns by just hearing what other people do, taking what, what they do and either making it my own or just incorpor- incorporating into what I do and just hearing and seeing some of the stuff he does is uh just helps me. So it's always always nice running into them. Uh like for basketball, uh Mike Breen who does all the NBA finals for for ESPN. They were just in town for uh, Lakers Clippers the other night. Uh, So got to talk to him, uh, talk to his stats guy who's incredible. So it's definitely, I just think the learning for me and just picking, picking their brains of just little things here and there is, is like my biggest asset in this, I guess fraternity.
0: What's the coolest event you've worked?
1: Oh man, that's, oh. I mean, you've mentioned,
0: you mentioned the Olympics and the Winter Classic already. This is pretty, I have to imagine those are pretty high up there.
1: Yeah. So the Winter Classic might just, because of recency bias, might take it. I mean, that was just an incredible atmosphere. I don't know how well it played on TV, but it was loud. Those fans, those Seattle fans are loyal. It's, it's awesome to see what they've done for that team and only their third season. Um, it was, that was just incredible. Uh I mean, the Olympics were incredible as well. I'm trying to think of anything else, I, I, I would still kind of go back to the COVID years. Huh. Working, working a game in an arena where it's just you and the players—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's something I'll just never forget.
0: It was like, a weird year.
1: Yeah, it's it's you and maybe twenty other workers, and then the players. Like you yeah. hear everything. It's stands are empty. Like I always tell people, like like I did a Rams game in SoFi, empty. It it, like I still kind of get chills over because it was just weird.
0: For anybody who hasn't been to SoFi, it's huge.
1: It's massive, yeah, massive. And for it to be empty, we we just kept saying we're like this. This just isn't right. They should have played somewhere else. Like it was, it was like eerie.
0: (laughs) In that COVID season, I felt like I was getting private hockey games. Yeah. Right cuz you guys were in the booth and I was outside at this little folding table and I couldn't see anybody. Um I knew there were people around. I knew there were people there, but as far as I could tell it was just me in an empty arena. Um it was it was crazy. Um have you done playoff games for every sport?
1: I have. So I'll do playoffs. So for ESPN, my role is basically their their West Coast guy. Uh so anything West Coast for ESPN, I'll do. Um, so like last year, uh, I did every Kings home game in that playoff series. It then did, I mean, God, that was everywhere for the playoffs. I went to Toronto last year. Toronto is also probably up there. It's one of the best events, playoff games I've been to. It was game two of that series after they just lost game one. Oof. And it's when they absolutely destroyed the lightning. It was what, 7 nothing or 7-1. And that building was incredible. Just the atmosphere outside was, was great as well. Um, so yeah, so done NFL playoffs. Haven't done the Stanley Cup yet. That's, that's next on the list. Uh, NBA. It, <laughs> I God, I sure hope so. sure <laughs> hope so. Uh, NBA, NBA I have, I'll travel, uh, with ESPN for that. Uh, I think last year what I do, did a Sixers game last year. Uh, trying to think. Baseball? No, haven't done a baseball playoff game yet. And then football, yes, I've done done a couple of football games in in previous seasons.
0: In a calendar year, how many days are you home? It sounds like you travel a lot. Oh,
1: oh that's my friend's friend's favorite joke, or my family's new game is is where in the world is Blake? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, luckily this week there's no traveling. This week, I, I'm home. I get to sleep in my own bed. Um, but yeah, like last week, last week was crazy. It was. Monday Winter Classic, fly home. Did uh, the Maple Leaves Kings game for ESPN. Hauled to the airport. Had to take a red eye to DC to do that game for TNT on Wednesday. Took an early morning flight back to be able to get back in time for nice. uh, Kings Red Wings on Thursday. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, it never ends. But well, I love what I do. Like I, I wouldn't like if it was a job and a job I either just managed or didn't like then yeah i wouldn't be putting myself through this but getting paid to, to watch hockey and all these sports and basically watch the game and, and take stats it's something i would do if i was a fan or just watching the game from home so it's hard to com- complain about it all do you
0: consider your role to be within the world of sports journalism and i'm using that word capital j very deliberately
1: Wow, that's, that's an interesting question. Uh, my first reaction is no. I, I have a lot of respect for, for what journalists do, wh- what they write, the position they're sometimes put in for, for, I guess, questions and answers needing around the team. Whereas I'm just like, like, you know, I'll, I'll provide you notes on Twitter and for the broadcast. Like I'm not, not here to rip. McClellan or Kopitar, if he has a bad game, like I'm, I'm here to prop these guys up. I'm here to to like give you give you the facts. Like I'm not not here to spin a story or 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 do something like that. So in, in my initial thought, I'm I'm gonna say no, no to that.
0: The reason I ask is that one of the things that has always rubbed me the wrong way and caused me to roll my eyes out the back of my head is the notion of objectivity within sports journalism where people go, well, I don't root for a team because I'm a sports journalist and I'm just here to cover, you know, I'm just here to tell you the truth. And it's like, sure, but you grew up in, you know, in downtown LA and you were a Kings fan. So I think it's all right for you to admit that, you know, you didn't grow up in LA, you grew up in, uh, near Anaheim, you said, but I always wonder, you know, cause I, I very, Passionately try and say, "I am not a journalist or media i'm I'm a king's fan who is now a king's employee, but do you are are there conversations that take place about i don't know how they would it's math, so at some level it's all objective
1: <laughs> but are
0: there conversations or concerns about objectivity
1: i I don't think so and I think that's again where that trust comes in between you you and your play by play guy like I mean, Alex and I—we had such a good rapport. We would always laugh, and I would give him a note that he would—he would crumple up and throw away because, as he would joke, he's like this. This would get me a talking to from from upstairs. Uh, it would be something like the Kings are. They, they, it's like when they weren't playing well. I would give him a note, just sure. kind of joking, knowing he would never say it on air. But, um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you definitely—I know in my role, you have to be careful with. With the notes you're giving, like you don't want to just like P.L. Dubois, like we all know when he was struggling that sixteen, seventeen game stretch. Like you're not going to just pile on on him. Like, sure. What, what good does that do? You can say like he's struggling, he's zero points or one point, whatever it was in that stretch. Great. Ended at that. Don't don't need to keep piling on. So I guess yeah, that ob- objectivity, yeah, but it's also that rapport. It's it's knowing what what needs to be said in a broadcast and what your play-by-play or color guy will say.
0: How long does it take to suss out what the broadcast team is looking for? Because if you're doing a Kings game, you're obviously targeting the narrative for Kings fans and you're on the Kings platform, it's Kings broadcast, it's Kings players. But if you go and do a TNT game and what did you say was New Jersey versus Washington? Yeah. All right, well, Alex Ovechkin is off to a slow start for him. So you're not hurting anybody's feelings by pointing it out. How long does it take to figure out which direction the broadcast wants to go with pointing out some unpleasant truths, maybe?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, this is a great, great point to bring up. Me doing my job for King's home game on our home broadcast is almost vastly different than doing a national broadcast. I'm sure. A national broadcast, I will bring up the negative on both sides, I'll bring up positives on both sides. Uh like you said, Ovechkin's struggling, awesome. I'm gonna dig into that because if he has no shots through two periods and that becomes a storyline, awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm going to give it to them. And then it's on them whether they want to say it. And I'm gonna say odds are they are if if he doesn't have a shot through two periods and he's not looking good and doing anything. Uh whereas like for a king's game, like let's just say the maple leaves. Great. Austin Matthews is having a great game. Don't really care as much. Like, I'm, (laughs) we're not going to sit there and give Austin Matthews all this praise on the Kings broadcast. That's for the Maple Leafs broadcast. Like, if you're a Maple Leafs fan, you're watching their broadcast. Like, Kings fans don't want to sit here and hear how good he is. They're going to only want the, the Kings stuff. So, like, that, that switch from our home broadcast to a national broadcast definitely has vastly different mindset for me so you have a
0: pretty significant influence on the tenor of the broadcast but i'm ge- guessing you don't get a ton of like angry tweets or uh or reddit comments about you know come on what are you doing you know i, I was, can't remember what game it was i think it might have been the toronto game i saw a bunch of people griping that espn was praising heavily praising uh toronto And it's like well sure they're they have some Fairly famous and popular players. But how how are you at separating out uh, whatever criticism does uh, find find it to you or does any even reach you?
1: No, none has ever reached me. Well, yet, good. 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 I'm,
0: I'm happy on your behalf then because it stinks. It's no fun.
1: Uh, that's what I've heard. But it stems from one of our first questions and people don't know about the position. One of the funniest things last year was, so, if you've never been to a Kings game, our broadcast booths are in the fans. We're, we're with the fans up in, up in the 300 section. And so people are sitting above us, can look down and see what we're doing. And I guess one of the season ticket holders or guy who's gone to a few games last year, we'll, we'll go out into the concourse just to stretch our legs. And he stops me and he goes, what are you writing so much about? Like, what are you actually (laughs) doing over there? Right. And I told, I kind of explained to me, he's like, wow, like I had no idea. That's like what you were doing. That was even a thing. So kind of that point, like I'm, I'm just in the background. Like, I I hate to say it. Like if I give a bad note, which like, again, that's the rapport. That's the trust. Like, I hope I never do. I'm never going to take the heat for it. It's going to be whoever I'm working with. and, like, that's always my biggest fear is I'm going to give such a bad note and it goes viral, but uh hasn't happened yet. So,
0: What I'm just thinking out loud, what would be the, like, would you write a note, then Nick says it out loud, then somebody hits Nick up and says, that's not true, that's wrong, and then he bounces it back to you and you look it up and realize you were wrong? I mean, how would that even happen?
1: Yeah, I mean that's yeah, it would be probably something like the Kings have lost seven of their last eight games on Mondays. I don't know, something like that. Right. Nick reads it and then I don't know, the the Twitter, the X comments start flooding in of like, Oh no, they lost both of their last two Mondays. Like that's right. not right. And then it just it just makes Nick look bad then and then that would in turn then he comes looks at me and goes like, what's up? Like, is this right or wrong? And yeah, that that would be like the, the biggest backlash, I guess.
0: Yeah. You know, it's fascinating. I knew your job existed, but I never knew about the trust aspect of it that you've mentioned it now. But, you know, when I read the, the stats that I pull from those packets we get at the end of every game, I just take it on faith that they're true. Because otherwise they wouldn't be in there. I guess Um, have you ever caught yourself in an error written something down wrong or, and then before you handed the note double checked and went, Oh no, that would have been totally
1: wrong. Oh yeah. So it it happens a lot because the side I use, there's filters galore and I know I've made a mistake where let's just say most shots in the period. Well, there's two ways you can filter it. You can filter it by just selecting first period or you can filter it by it will show all three periods in the stats. Well, if you have the first period filter on and the filter by period stats, I'll sometimes get confused saying, oh, the first period is at the top. 18 shots in the first period, awesome. But it won't include any of the second and third periods in the data because I only selected the first period. So that's happened before. and uh, every time I send a note, even though it's got to be quick, I'll always look at the note, look at my computer, and just be okay, is this right? And luckily, I've caught that a few times, where it's like, okay, I accidentally have this filter on. I need to remove it. All right, let me check if it's still good. Yeah, send it. If it's not, crumple. And usually that means it's not even worth giving.
0: The hiccup I always run into is that natural stat trick defaults to even strength. And occasionally I'll be trying to look up total shots on goal per period or something like that. And I will forget that there were, whatever, eight power plays in the game. (laughs) And so I'm sitting there very confidently talking about how, oh, only 12 shots on goal in that period. That seems low based on what, and then, you know, I'll be four sentences into my big rant and I'll realize, oh, I've, I'm looking at, I'm looking at meaningless data that doesn't reflect (laughs) anything that happened. Listen, Blake, I appreciate you joining me. Um, the industry is full of, of jobs that are fascinating and that a lot of people had no idea they existed. Uh, appreciate you shining a light on yours. Let's get you back on here eventually.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, definitely. Definitely reach out and happy to join join on again.